I got a story for you. It's a true story. It comes from a professional baseball player. It's an experience experience he had staying at a haunted hotel. Hotels is one of the places that's known for being haunted. If any of you ever had an experience in a hotel, have you ever had a haunting experience? A creepy experience that you can't explain? If you do, let me know in the comment section. I'll be happy to read it. And if creepy enough and entertaining enough, I would even make a story from it. Before I get started, I want to remind y'all to please make sure you subscribe to my YouTube page. And make sure you like my videos. It really helped me out in coming up in the searches when people look for horror stories. Also, please support the podcast. The podcast is anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M slash hood horror. Anchor dot F-M slash hood horror. And on the podcast, you'll hear some stories there, different videos I don't put on my YouTube page. Plus, you could uh, subscribe. They got different options. They got a $1 option, a $5 option, and a $10 option. Whichever one you do, I'll be happy with. I'll be appreciative. I'll be grateful. I really love the fact that y'all are. I got a few people that supported me so far, and it's amazing that people were willing to do something like that. For me, as a man from the hood, telling stories. Now the story goes, I'm a first baseman from a major league baseball team. This is currently my third season playing in the big leagues. But I already won two Golden Glove Awards, an MVP, and I was voted Rookie of the Year. I even got 75 total uh, career home runs. And like many of them other major league players, I started off in the minor leagues. You know, I was at the, at the time I was with my team on the team's double-A team. Playing in the minor leagues, it was a bit rough, man. You know, the pay, it was low, you know, which meant the players had to work nine to five jobs in the off season. You know, going on the road was a nightmare, man. You know, you spent hours on this long bus ride, baking in the hot summer sun, staying at cheap roadside motels. And uh, they was usually, you know, real shabby, man. It wasn't a real nice place like I stay in now. So you were lucky if you even had a swimming pool and you was even luckier if it had water in it. You know, in the middle of my final season in the minors, my team and I, we scheduled to play um, a four-game set in another city. 
you know, we all mad and complaining and groaning and stuff because, you know, playing in that city meant only one thing, that we'd be staying at Billy Bob Roadside Motel. I'm talking about this place, man, just a, a dirty, dingy place, man. You know, bed sheets that look like they ain't been changed in decades. And it was, uh, you know, it was, and it's right by this railroad, man. You know, every time a train went by, the whole building was shaking, man. They had one of them neon signs outside that flicker and be making that buzzing sound, man. You keep me, you know, so you just constantly getting woke up or disturbed by something at this place. You know, so now we all got these bad moods. So them bad moves we had, they went away because uh, Coach came and said we weren't going to be staying at Billy Bob's. Billy Bob got shut down because he was running a Heron, um, a Heron racket out of there. Been, you know, doing that money laundering thing, and he got arrested. So we all cheered, and uh, we turned, and I turned to my roommate, uh, you know, the shortstop named uh, Lopez, and I said, man, I knew it was something shady about Billy Bob, man. He just never sat right with me. And my main man, Low, he turned back looking at me and said, yeah, they probably have to burn that whole place down to the ground, man. That place is filthy, boy. So we both laughed or whatever. You know, and our coach, he come and tell us that we'd be staying at a hotel called the Orchid. You know, that sounded fancy, man. But when we got there, it was nothing. It was anything but fancy, man. You know, it might have been, you know, it might have been nice way back in the day, man. But now, it was a just a shell of what it was, man. They had some pictures up on the wall, you know, and some old pictures. And it said, like, man, that look good. But now, that thing tore up from the floor, man. You know, the whole front of it was covered in dirt and grime. And the inside was just about as dingy as on Billy Bob place, man. You know, they had this carpet, man, worn out, furniture worn out. The lobby smelled like chlorine and cigarette smoke. The place just smelled nasty, man, but that mug was still better than Billy Bob's, man. So, you know, Zoe and me, we got our room, room 308 on the third floor, and we took our bags up there. We Then we got back with the rest of the team for dinner. And when we got back, we went straight to bed because we had, the, you know, our first game in the afternoon. And, you know, we wanted to be ready. So um, we laid down. But we heard a few, you know, a couple, a few minutes later, man, arguing. Like arguing, like violently arguing in the next room. So I got up and hit on the wall, man. Hey, man, he cut that out, man. Some of us trying to sleep. And right then, the argument stopped. So I get settled back in bed, and Lowe said, man, you shouldn't have done that, man. What if, you know, what if the guy come over here, man? He might be drunk or something, man. Lowe always worried about something, man. I say, look, man, don't worry. You know, that guy come over here, man, the door locked. And if he knock, we just leave it alone until he go away or whatever. So Lowe said, okay, whatever. Allow me to take a quick break for the sponsors. Then we're going to get right back to it. So now we go back to sleep. And we sleeping pretty good. And um, everything was cool. But 
We heard a knock on the door. So I'm like, man, I wonder is that coach a, it ain't coach. I know it ain't coach because when coach lay down, coach laying down, you better not mess with him. I'm like, it might be some of the guys, they might want to go out or something. But, um, no, uh because last time that happened, when folk went out and messed around and got a little too messed up and weren't ready for the game, they got kicked off the team, man. So I ain't even finna do that. I know it ain't room service up here in this dump. It might be that guy. Could it be him? So now I'm just like, oh, snap. Let me, let me lay it. Oh, oh, I ain't even gonna look. But then I heard the knock again. Lo, get up. Get up. I think that they ain't got the dough, man. Lo, what you mean, man? I said, Lo, I think you got the dough. You ain't hear that knock? He said, No, nah, I ain't hear no knock. So I said, Lo, look, man. Look, get, get, get some, get your. What you, what you got in here? You got your bat? I left my bat on the bus, man. Get your bat, man. So Lo pulled his bat out. And I said, look, I'm finna go see if it's him, man. Lo like, come on, man. No, man. Say, look, we be all right. I'm just gonna see if it's him. So I go to the door, and I look out the peephole thing. And I don't see nobody. So I'm like, okay, all right. Maybe he got up out of here. Alright, so I look one more time, and as soon as I look, but ain't nobody out there. So I jump back, I say, Lo, look out there, look out there. He look, he said, man, I don't see nobody, what, what, what? I said, man, you heard that knock just now, right? He said, yeah. I said, man, how is knocking, ain't nobody out there. So Lo started, man, he started sweating, boy. He so man, <laughs> I found out something about Lowe. Well, Lowe is scary, man. He starts sweating. He's sweating. Look like somebody poured water on his head. So I said, bro, man, just, just, let's just go lay down, man. Don't even worry about it, man. Let's just go lay down. Um, maybe it's hitting up on the wall. Maybe that guy next door hitting on the wall. Maybe that's from upstairs or something, man. Uh, it's pro- you know what? That's probably Big Frank and them, man. You know, they be playing pranks and stuff, man. That's probably just Frank and them pranking us, man. Knocking on the door and running or something, man. You know, even though I'm looking out the peephole, I should have seen them, but, you know, maybe, I don't know. Maybe he's doing it with a stick from down the hall or something. Just don't worry about it, man. Just go to sleep. So we say forget it and we lay it on down. Now we settled back down and the argument started up again. This time it was a whole lot louder though, man. And the sounds of like furniture being thrown and stuff was, you know, so I'm like, man, they, it's going down over there. So now I'm about to pound on the wall again, but I heard the woman scream. And it was a, at first it was a regular scream, but then it got like, like she was choking on something, man. And, and I heard like a little moan maybe and it and it just went away. So me and Lo got up real quick, man, put some pants on, ran down the lobby, 
and got the hotel um, detective to come up. So the man opened the door, which was number 306. He had, you know, the key and all that. He flicked the lights on. And when he looked, like, we ain't seen nothing, man. Everything was, like, everything was straight. The bed was made. All the furniture was in its right place. You know, it wasn't um, nothing. Every, the TV wasn't on. Like, everything was just, like, the room hadn't been touched, man. So I'm like, low, man, what? And low looking at me, and he looking at each other, and, and we like, we like, man, we heard an argument. We heard an argument, a fight. We hit on the wall, and they stopped, but then they got back going again. And uh, low grabbed this, this golden crucifix he wore around his neck all the time and he said Dios mio and he said it a couple times man before the guy finally spoke you know with his old raspy um, New York accent and said you guys better follow me down to the manager's office huh? he'll um, he'll explain so I'm like okay alright you know low he um I don't really know what Dios mios mean I guess it mean oh my god or something man I think that's what it mean Oh my God, something like that. So I know every time something jump off, he always go to he always go to that um that crucifix, man. So I like, man, he looked nervous, so usually when he grabbed that mug, something ain't right. So, you know, I'm just checking him out, looking at how he doing. And he just looking. He just still rubbing that crucifix. So I just uh we make our way down to the manager. And we um, sit down. Now we got to the manager. We told him our story. And the manager just took a big old sigh. And he said, you know, you two guys just heard our, our resident haunts. You know, they sometimes pop up from time to time. And I said, wait, wait, wait what you mean? Who? Who is they? The manager sighed again and said, Around 1960, a couple staying in room 306 got into a heated argument. The man stabbed his wife to death. And when the police came to arrest him, you know, the man jumped up out the window and fell to his death. So me and Lowe, we just staring at each other, just looking stupid, man. And so Lowe grabbed his crucifix again, and he started praying, you know, silently. And the manager offered us a room on another floor, and we took that mug right away. Not right away, right away, boy. Right away, boy. We came. We got up out of there, man. Now, the real reason all this happened is because I didn't obey the old Negro spiritual. It goes like, Mind your own business, boy. 